Great then, ladies and gents, it's Christmas holidays. I think it's the 22nd of December. Um, some people in Wales are still at school. Um, so, a second podcast on pace. Okay, pace, funny old word. I think for many moons, the word pace was used when people were observing your lesson and they said, oh, we need more pace, which is incredibly vague and unhelpful. But what they really meant was, mm, a bit boring, wasn't it? Could you be a bit more fun? Could you be a bit more entertaining? The kids look a bit bored. That's a really bad use of the word pace. We're not children's entertainers. Um, we shouldn't see, see a bored children and go, oh, how can I make this fun? We should never be planning a lesson thinking, how can I make this fun? We need to plan a lesson thinking, how can I use time incredibly effectively so the children leave with a huge sense of accomplishment? So the children leave thinking, whoa, that teacher, he knows his stuff, he doesn't waste my time, he teaches well, and I feel clever and accomplished in this subject. That's what we should be asking. So, uh, pace. Routines are incredibly important. You get your first 10 minutes right, you get your last 10 minutes right. Your first 10 minutes, I would not do a written starter. I think as your lesson ends, you need to use that last 10 minutes well. I've explained this lots of times in other podcasts uh, because teachers tend to teach to the very last second. They don't give themselves enough time to pack away. Uh, you need them standing behind their chairs, a bit of Q&A, maybe a bit of chanting. Bell goes, they're dismissed, they thank you, you thank them. I've done another podcast. The beginning, because you've dismissed your class on time, you're at the door, you're meeting your greeting, codes, equipment, bags. Your voice is there, it's loud. There's energy in your delivery. Ladies and gents, stand in your chairs, please. Coats, equipment, bags, thank you very much. I've got a pen, pencil, rule it out. Stand in your chairs, arms folded, shoes, mate, you're all ready. Thank you very much. I'm saying that. I'm saying the same thing again, again, again. The whole school is saying the same thing. Then I'm walking into the centre of the room, having greeted the first, let's call it half dozen, at the door. Then anybody else coming in, they're seeing people actively engaged in either the chanting or they're listening to me Coats, equipment, bags, coats, equipment, bags, coats, equipment, bags. The teacher is front and centre. It's quite clear this room belongs to the teacher. The teacher is deciding the pace. The chanting is good because you get to understand straight away to see if the kids are with you or against, uh, against you. What's, what are the kids, uh, their energy levels like? Are they moribund? Lots and lots of stuff. Starts and ends. Starts and ends of lessons. Vitally important. I did do the podcast on them. I may redo them at some point. Um, remember, you can always DM me on Twitter and ask, oh, I would like a podcast on this, a podcast on that, and I'm happy to pontificate. So get your starts and ends right. <clears throat> That'll help you pace. But also, subject knowledge is a key problem in teaching. A lot of teachers don't have good subject knowledge and they don't have very good delivery skills. No. Look, I'm a French teacher. You can't expect me to know the entire French language, but you can expect me to know what I need to teach them very, very well at Key Stage 3 and very well at Key Stage 4. Yeah, I need to know that content incredibly well. And I need to know what kids find hard. And I need to run towards those high-frequency errors. I need to be able to explain to kids. In other schools, people get this wrong. We don't get this wrong. This is how to avoid those high-frequency errors. I always say Key Stage 3, teach them the language incredibly well. Key Stage 4, you focus on exam structure and get the kids to really understand the exams very well. The content in the exams will not be a problem if you've taught them well at Key Stage 3, in my experience, certainly in my subject. Um, and they've got all those, look, they understand the phonics of the language, they understand the syntax of the language, uh, they understand whatever the, the, the key skills are in your subject, yeah, but make you particularly good at analysing it, literature or history or whatever it may be. I've taught them that well at Key Stage 3. 
So, and I've taught them that by just pouring it into their heads, telling them, not asking them what do they think. I tell them, look at this pattern here, look at this pattern there, look at this connection here, look at how repetitive it is. That's again how I'm building pace. I'm getting them to develop their attention to detail so they understand the subject really well. I need them to see patterns, I need them to see repetition because otherwise everything new I teach them is genuinely quite new because they're going, well, I, I can't make any connection with anything else. Well, if I've taught it well and I've made lots of connections and I've shown them the repetitive nature of my subject, then everything's faster. Everything's got more pace because they're seeing connections. Not only are they seeing connections, but they're remembering stuff because I've taught them very much with memory in mind. That's why I recycle a lot of stuff. Um, 80-20 is what I talk about. You know, in languages, I believe in parallel text. So there's the English on the left. There's the target language on the right. Um, here's a text. Here's your next text. 80% pretty familiar. 20% new. Here's your next text. 80% pretty familiar, 20% pretty new. Recycle, recycle, recycle. I'm also teaching phonics, aren't I? So all of that works incredibly well to make sure that they've got memory. They So I don't just come to them, you know, come back to a topic and go, I'm looking at, a, you know, a classroom full of faces looking very blank because they don't, they feign perhaps, but they don't appear to know anything or remember very much. Um, no, because I keep recycling and I made it really, really memorable what I did. I looked for the high-frequency errors. I ran towards them. I explained what typical errors happen with other people and how we are going to avoid those typical errors. So I've taught very precisely, concisely, as a expression I use a lot. I run straight to the issues. I don't let them keep making the same mistakes that everybody else makes. That's going to give me more pace. I'm also using a booklet. I'm not using PowerPoints. The booklet, the booklet's flat. The lines are numbered. We're reading with a ruler. I read the paragraph. They reread that paragraph um, out loud after they've heard me read it out loud. I record my voice to make sure that I'm using speed, intonation, and performing. Right? I want to listen to my own voice. How am I performing to make this more interesting or make this more memorable or just grab them in some way? For example... I will habitually say to the kids, listen, if I'm reading this paragraph, you're going to listen to me, right? Listen to my intonation, how I go up and down. Listen to where I place emphasis. Listen to the speed. Am I too fast? Am I too slow? Sometimes I'm slowing down deliberately for greater emphasis. When I get to a full stop, I count one, two in my head. Slows me down slightly. When I get to a comma, I'll count one in my head. Slows me down slightly. Why do I do that? I do that because I want to give you, my audience, Time to catch up. Now, again, you see, a lot of teachers aren't very good at reading out loud. I see a lot of people in sort of their, um, you know, a lot of people do reading literature in form period. I don't think it works particularly well in my experience, but one of the reasons it doesn't work very well, the teacher hasn't read that text before. They don't know how to deliver it. They don't know where the text is going. That's normal. You know, if you want to sound good, it's like I was listening to Christmas Carol, yeah, uh, the other day, Audible booklet, a book, uh, Hugh Grant, it was brilliant. I mean, he was so good. But he didn't just pick up that book and start reading it. He would have rehearsed that to sound as good as he does. Apart from that, he's a professional actor and that's his job, isn't it? He knows his own voice. He knows how to perform. He knows how to emphasise, how to use intonation and so on and so forth. We, to a large extent, need those skills. So record your own voice. Record your own voice so you get to know, hmm, 
This is when I sew better. This is when I'm more interesting. This is when I'm more coherent. This is when I'm easier to understand. Again, you read the passage. The kid reads the passage after you. Ladies and gents, I'm going to have a volunteer who's going to read the passage after me. Listen to how I do it. Listen to how I pause. Listen to how I use my intonation. Listen to how I use emphasis. You're going to do the same. Then you get volunteers. You get them to read out loud. They love it. You can give them lots of praise. Oh, Johnny, I like that. I like the intonation. I like that emphasis. Speed, a little bit too fast. Oh, I like that. Speed was good this time. Can you be 10% louder? Oh, no, oh, that was only 5% louder. I want 10%. Come on. You're projecting to the full room. All of that adds pace. Because it isn't just them listening to you, but when they are listening to you, you've really worked on your delivery skills and your voice. But they are, they are listening with the intent of copying your delivery. I will also get them to do some annotation. Not very much annotation, to be honest. Um, because I don't believe they can annotate well. And I certainly don't want them to be distracted when they're listening to your delivery. In a French context, can we, ladies and gents, let's underline any double vowels, any triple vowels. Let's dot any silent letters. Let's put a little loop where there are any liaison. Uh, can you write 15 at the end of that word, please? Because it's a 15-letter word. I've done this before on French podcasts. Cuddles, count, underline, double underline, dot for the silent letters. Mark your liaison, exaggerate your accents. Um, you can use that to a certain extent, a large extent, actually, in English. If it's a difficult word, I'll tell them the number of letters in the word. Because then we'll have a spelling test and say it's a 15-letter word. So you're going to have to recount the number of letters in that word. That will give you some guidance whether you've got it right or not. Careful. Can we underline that vowel combination, please? It's an OU vowel combination. Can you dot the G and the H in that word, please? Because they're silent. Argument's sake, yeah? So I'm preempting those errors. I'm reading from a booklet. Everybody's booklet is flat. flat. Everybody has a ruler. Line by line by line. Now, there are all issues around school culture here, aren't there? Because if they're pushing back, you'll see instantly, I don't like reading like that. Yeah, but this is how we read in this school. So I'm not interested that you're saying you don't like it. The reason kids don't like reading with a booklet flat and reading line by line with a ruler is because they're trying to avoid work. You are scanning the room. You're making sure that you're following the text with your ruler. They're following the text with their ruler. You can see in a second, ladies and gents, I can stop at any point and I'll go, Johnny, next word, please. Johnny's been following with the ruler. He can continue. So you've really important. You follow this text. I'm preempting them going off task. Okay, and a lot of kids want to go off task, don't they? Lots and lots of cultural issues there around the school. Picking up pace, again, we had really good starts. We, have the, we don't use a written DNA. I think it's a very, very poor use of time. It's very low quality questioning very often. Your bright kids finish too fast. Um, nothing to do, twirling their thumbs. Your lazy kids hiding in plain sight. You haven't even checked. They've got their equipment out. All of those things will kill pace. Then but that, you can do oral questions. Again, do oral questions because the status of the teacher is enhanced. The teacher is filling that room. It's his room. It's her room. The kid knows, oh, there is no hiding place in this room. That teacher is scanning the room. That teacher is asking questions. That teacher is going to ask you to give a big shape answer. Full sentence. Great projection. That teacher is expecting you to be looking at him as he talks. You're tracking him. You're slanting. You're not doodling. All of those factors. So I'll do a bit of a recap on this. Okay. Get your starts right. Get your, get your endings right. You've got to manage the starts and ends. A lot of schools have six lessons a day. I think six lessons a day is too many, uh, especially when starts and ends are so badly done. Uh, 
and corridors are so badly supervised. So that's something to be fixed, okay? Um, you get them in, you met them at the door, coats, equipment, bags, they're coming in, chanting, you're working out, yeah, are they with you, are they against you? You do lots of oral questions. There's energy in the room. We're at our booklets, we're reading our booklets, we've got our, our ruler, we're going down line by line by line. Everybody's focused. There are questions to do. Now you can stop with your booklet, everybody. Three, two, one, pens down, arms folded, thank you, tracking me. Good, fast. When you know that, when you know, ladies and gents, at my signal, we're going to put our pens down. We're not even going to finish the word we're writing on. Three, two, one. Go. I'm listening to myself now. I'm getting faster and faster, aren't I? I just found a function today on this that you can... Oh, no, actually, no, you can do normal and you can do faster. You can't do more slowly. Oh, I'll try and speak more slowly. Um, this is what I'm saying, teachers. Record your voice. Do an audio recording of your voice. Uh... So the reading, the reading with a booklet, you can stop, tracking me, ladies and gents, arms folded, nothing in your hand. Very standard language, the whole school's using standard language, will pick up the pace on everything because when teachers use different language, kids will be confused or they'll pretend to be confused. Yeah, They will use it against us to avoid work some kids. I need pace. Why does steps work so well? So miss, thank you, excuse me, please. A fine lesson, steps. Now I call it style. I always... I used to call it smile, I now call it style, but I always explained what smile meant. I never said kids had a smile. I said, we're judging you on, we're all judging one another upon. Facial expression, tone of voice, body language. It's our job to make other people around us feel comfortable and relaxed. Facial expression, tone of voice, body language. We present WWF, warm, welcoming and friendly, yeah? You get that to be the norm. It's the same, you pick up the pace then, with your shape answers as well, because a full sentence, good projection. Yeah? I need good projection. I need them to articulate. I need full sentences. And again, what kills pace? When kids answer a question, it's a one word answer, it's inaudible. So many factors there. Shape helps with that. Um, slant, they're giving you undivided attention. Well, ostensibly, yeah? But remember the A in slant is you ask and answer questions. So that clear expectation all the time. Oh, I need you to ask and answer questions. I need you joining in. I need you giving me shape answers. So if there are some comprehension questions, for argument's sake, in the booklet, again, I'm thinking, I don't want to just give um, five questions. Your bright kids will finish too quickly. Your willing kids will finish too quickly. I'll give 20 questions. It may be recapping on stuff that we did earlier. I'll often put in brackets where you're going to find the answer. It's between line, line one and line seven. It's between line seven and line 15. So nobody can say, ah, I couldn't find it, didn't know what to do. But it's there, you've got your ruler, you've got your paragraph. Everything's numbered. What's the problem? I have to preempt kids' attempts to sabotage the lesson. Again, that all will pick up pace, pick up pace, pick up pace. I was in a lesson the other day. Oh, kids don't bring equipment. Okay, but that is a big issue, a big issue. Just handing out loads of equipment to kids every single lesson is not the answer. We need to sell equipment in school every morning, 10 minutes a night. We need to normalise having equipment and we need to sanction when they don't bring equipment. Now, look, it would be a wonderful world, wouldn't it, if you could rely upon parents to provide equipment for kids, yeah? I'm not talking about the financial thing again, because it's the pencil, it's a pen. They can afford that, okay? 
what I'm talking about is that just that lack of oversight over their kids or that lack of interest in their kids' education. But what we can do is, we've got people premium money, whatever we've got, you can provide them with a pencil case, with your, 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 your basic materials, which is all you need at the beginning of a term. And then after that, you can sell items. I would sell them in my standing assemblies every morning, 10 pence an item. The expectation, everything is there to make it super easy for the kid to have equipment. And if he doesn't, then we need to be checking the equipment as a matter of course. Can be every lesson. Back row, can you raise your equipment in your hands, please? Next row, and the next row, and the next row. Super fast, slick, you have to teach people how to do it. All of that will add pace. Because in too many schools I go to, kids will have one broken pen, no pencil, uh, no ruler, broken ruler, no pen at all. And again, it's a sign of, sometimes that equipment is in the bottom of their bag. But it's a sign of defiance. It's communicating to their peer group. Uh, I don't collude with teachers. I'm not interested in education. I'm not a suck up, or whatever the phrase may be in that particular school. That is what they're trying to communicate. It's content that communicating you as a teacher. It's also, I'm in with the in crowd. Look at my peer group. My peer group will approve of me. This is how I keep myself safe. So they're all cultural issues there. And if the culture's wrong, that will kill the pace in the lesson. Because if the culture is, we do not cooperate with adults, then you, you're stuck, aren't you? So I'll try and do a recap again, because I'm quite me meandering today. Don't know why I'm so meandering. Don't know. Um, lesson starts. You need to get them right. Written DNAs are not the answer. If someone can show me some great written DNAs, I'd be so pleased. I go to so many schools, I go to so many lessons. I don't see good written DNAs, okay? Uh, you need to finish the end of your lesson very well to ensure that you've started your lesson well. Um, you need teacher presence at the beginning of the lesson. That's a teacher voice. You need to be making sure that all equipment is out. You need to make sure the kids give you 100% undivided attention. They pick up their pen when you say, they put their pen down when you say, slant. Great for that. When kids give answers, you need to make sure that they're fully cooperating and everyone can hear the answer. They're not doing a deliberately uncooperative voice or uncooperative delivery. What is shape? Full sentence. Hand away from your mouth, articulate, project. Everyone can hear you. Good eye contact. What is the opposite? What we often get when kids are trying to project. I'm not cooperating with this teacher. Steps, simple. Final lesson steps, it's our style. Body language, facial expression, tone of voice. It's how you demonstrate that you're with the teacher. You're working with the teacher, not against the teacher. In the same way in slant, the A in slant, you ask and answer lots of questions. It shows you're working with the teacher, not against the teacher. Why do I like chanting at the beginning and end of lessons when we're packing stuff away? Well, again, it shows energy. It shows commitment on their part. It means it's not a dead second. And you can tell, are they working with you or against you? The booklets are much, much better than the PowerPoints. There's lots and lots of reading in those booklets. I need kids to read lots. I want the teacher to learn how to read out loud well. The teacher will get good at reading out loud when they keep reading the same materials. They're subject-specific materials. They'll get better and better at delivering that booklet the more time they deliver the booklet. And also, we'll learn what the imperfections are in the booklet and we'll improve the booklet. There are lots of booklets out there that are very badly produced. I understand people's reticence about booklets because there are some awful booklets out there. But I know how to create really good booklets, so that's not a problem for me, okay? And I can show the people in the school, or the subject areas, what people get wrong and how to avoid those errors. Book flat, lines numbered, 
Um, there's some guidance where you're going to find the answers. So again, there's no hiding place. I preempted lots and lots. Um, your last seven minutes or so of the lesson. Three to one, tracking me, arms folded, nothing in your hands. Bit of Q&A, pack the books away. Hand out your golden ticket. Pace, 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 pace. Remember, because everything is so... Even the language I use, and I advocate people using, I teach people to use, because it's scripted. Yeah? This is how we answer questions. This is how we... Remember, how teachers ask and answer questions is done really, really badly. There's so much guess what's in my head questioning. But because a lot of the stuff I do is quite scripted, and I give the stuff the script, and I go into lessons and I model the script, then that script becomes their own. And they become increasingly precise and concise. So the pace, the pace, the pace, everywhere. Okay, there you go. That's my own pace. Uh, 21 minutes. Uh, I was probably too fast. That's okay. That's why you need to listen to recordings and re-listen to these recordings, yeah? Listen to your own delivery. I mean, that would be an interesting experiment, which I haven't done. Can you imagine if you recorded yourself, so you're driving to work in the car, and you recorded yourself talking, for how long your car journey is. You recorded yourself teaching to yourself in the car a topic that you, you commonly teach. Yeah, there's no behaviour distractions there, but it's you teaching what you teach that topic. Without asking them the questions, these stupid, you know, guess what's in my head questions. But you're telling them categorically. Just you essentially giving a lecture. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? How much can you cover in 10 minutes, 5 minutes? How good is your delivery? How good is your choice of words? How, you know, how effective is your intonation, the speed, the emphasis? Oh, that's an easy thing to do, isn't it? I hadn't thought of that before. That's an easy thing to do. You could be in your car essentially giving a lecture, recording yourself on your phone. Think about that. Don't crash your car and blame me, right? But think about that. That's interesting. Right, okay. Um, DM me if you fancy doing a podcast. I fancy, I've got a theme for a podcast, sorry. Um, I will be in Liverpool next term. It's going to be an interesting project. DM me if you fancy visiting. I have lots to do, but it's, a, it's going to be an interesting project, I think. Very interesting. I use the word interesting a lot because that means there'll be challenges, there'll be ups, there'll be downs. There'll be really predictable challenges, but there'll be unforeseen challenges. Uh, most of them are predictable, to be honest. Um, because the same things go wrong in schools all the time. But no, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, last term, I was, I spent the whole term um, with White Horse Trust, and that was really interesting as well, over two schools. Previous term, I spent the whole term with Future Academies. Uh, again, that was really interesting. Um, yeah, and I do the odd thing here and there, beyond the, those main blocks of schools that I do. Um, I tend to work four days. Uh, which gives me, because I'm away from home, so I'm, I'm usually away from home three nights. So I tend to be home on Monday. It gives me a little bit of flexibility if I want to do other stuff. But uh, it's just nice to have a three-day weekend as well, because I'll often be late home on a Friday, so I've got all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday to do other stuff that I want to do. Uh, and just be home in Cardiff, which is so nice to be home. Um, there you go. So that's me. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope you have a lovely couple of weeks off. And uh, the door is and blow the nose with that, as we say. All right, cheers.